Director of Channel Futures, Craig Galbraith. Joining me as always, our news editor, Mr. Anderson. Mr. James Anderson. James, how are you? Craig, lovely to hear your voice. Uh, lovely to see your face a little bit before we uh, switched off the old video. I'm doing well. It's a busy time. Um, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great. It's going to be great to see you and everybody coming up here and to see people in person at the Channel Partners Conference and Expo and co-located first ever MSP Summit. I'm getting pumped. How about you? I, I am pretty pumped and I'm I'm revving up to that conference state of mind. Just got home from uh, my first out-of-town conference of the year of really the last two and uh, just cruising with the homies. And, uh, yeah, so I am ramping up, my friend. Uh, what about you? Uh, I love it. Uh, I'm excited bringing you music from 2004, also for our 104th episode of the podcast. 04, you know, we got to keep that rolling. Totally, totally. And, and Craig, I figured we might want to just set the record straight on Ooh, the CP that? Conference and Expo before, before we really get into this. Oh, yeah, We're, we are full speed ahead. We are so excited for this event. We're going live uh, November 1st through the 4th. And uh, we do, however, uh, for those folks who get on site and then uh, are so excited they can't wait for the programming to begin on November 1st, we've actually got some virtual elements uh, coming at them that morning. So they can, they can get into the hotel, sit down, have some breakfast, and, and fire up their phone or their tablet or their PC and see some uh, online content that we're putting together. They are going to get to double dip and get double the fun, my friend. Now, as for the in-person stuff, let's start from the beginning, Craig. Let's let's start oh. with October 31st, Halloween, when Ooh. we're going to have our MSP Summit meetup. Ooh, that's going to be a scary good time on Halloween. Uh, I don't know what we're doing as far as costumes. I can tell you that I will be dressed like a business professional because I'm not I'm not a big Halloween guy. How about you? Well, I was going to ask if you were going to be the ghost of uh, Channel Past or Channel Futures. I remember that was a hit on this podcast. But Ooh, uh, that's taken me back. Yeah, you know, I might go as a trusted advisor, you know, blazer and jeans. You know, I think that's the classic trusted advisor look. Oh. You know, I might do that. Yeah, it's kind of casual. You know, it's a, it's a meetup. You know, I'll, I will see you in a full-on suit later on in the event so you'll just kind of be getting warmed up i'm sure absolutely you gotta start with your baby steps so craig uh, after that we go into the msp summit on the first the next few days we're gonna have some awesome stuff you know craig i'm uh pretty interested in this mna panel oh. some folks from planet one and upstack you know t- talking about the topic of how, what do agents need to know 
about acquisition? Like, what are the stuff they don't know about being acquired? I think that's going to be fun. Yeah, any anything that's that's tickling your fancy in terms of content? Boy, so much stuff, uh, James. You, you talk about things uh, we're involved with. Um, we're going to be hosting a live version of this podcast. Uh, first, we're going to have a, a virtual one with uh, John Delosier, who just moved over to Intellisys as their new president. Uh, that's going to hit the mobile app uh, sometime on Monday morning. Uh, and then we're going to do a couple uh, live versions of this podcast as well uh, during the event in the Expo Hall. One of those interviews is going to be with Andrew Preifogel. A lot of people, uh, speaking of Intellisys, know him from there and then later from PAX 8. But he's now got his own business, CX Effect, uh, that he started up. Uh, James, you know a little bit more about that business than I do. You can probably uh, give us a little teaser on what we're going to be talking to him about. Yeah, it's it's a new kind of technology services distributor that's really niche in their technology approach. And they're attracting this kind of new breed of software vendors that provide customer experience focused solutions. So contact center, CRM, things of that nature. And they are kind of opening up a new side of the agent slash commission based channel. And so I'm, I'm pretty excited to hear Andrew's perspective of the market. You know, we've got keynotes throughout that are just going to be amazing uh, when we're talking about more content here. Uh, we've got Tiffany Bova, Jay McBain uh, doing keynotes, presentations. We've got AT&T, our title sponsor, is going to hit the stage. I'm seeing a lot of Datto. I'm seeing Rob Ray is going to make some appearances. Yeah, seeing uh, going to have a panel of some of the top MSP owners in the world are going to be talking on Monday the 1st. There's a lot here. It's kind of, it's a smorgasbord, really. I mean, there's something for everyone here. It really is that you were talking about panels, that that power panel that's set up with some big channel chiefs and channel execs. That's going to be an impressive one to see. Uh, and we've got something similar uh, on the first day, the MSP Summit. You were talking about a panel of MSP insiders. OK, so much like the Channel Partners Conference and Expo is a big show. We've got a big show for you today here on the podcast. What have you got on tap for us today, James? Well, Craig, I'm very glad you asked. As we like to say in the industry, we have a juicy smattering of content for all of you. <laughs> we say that in the industry. Yeah, um, we do. Agents, you are going to love this latest interview from Planet One. No doubt you've seen it, the sentient automation conversation talking mm -hmm. about business intelligence and data for the agent channel. Now, MSPs and VARs, I think you're going to appreciate this conversation upcoming with the uh, Dell Expert Network and talking about some of the trends that has to do for uh, your markets. And Ooh. Greg, yeah. just for you, I've got a game. Oh, I love games. I love it when you dip your toes into the game lab. I feel like you do a better job of it than I do. Well, you know, I have that childlike imagination that hasn't quite been beaten out of me by the world yet. And I, I got to yeah. hold on to that, you know? Yeah, I know. I've gotten a little I've gotten a little too old to be really good at that. And hey, getting back to a Planet One sentient, I, I feel like when we talk about that, we almost have to use it in a robot voice. Planet One sentient, sentient. I mean, that was like part robot, part Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, <laughs> I can't do that impersonation, but no, it's it's a extremely cool new tool, and I'm excited to hear about it. Yeah, in fact, without further ado, 
All right, Casties, we're very happy to welcome to the episode Jake and Ted Schumann. Uh, Ted is the founder and CEO of Planet One. Jake is the vice president and someone who has been hard at work in getting to market the recently announced Sentient platform. Ted and Jake, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Hey, we're really excited to talk to you guys today. This is uh, Senti. It's sort of been one of these things that's been bubbling up now for a number of months. You guys have gotten the, the the teasers out there online. I've been checking them all out on LinkedIn over the months. You've had these things out at your events, your golf event. You've been teasing it. So let us all know what Sentient's all about. What does it do? I'll probably grab that one. So guys, th- thanks for having us on. And uh, it's an honor to be doing the podcast with you here today. So uh, Sentient has been a, a, a long time project for us here, Craig, as, as you mentioned, we've been going out on, on marketing on all of our events and blasting this and saying the hype is real, get ready, um, it's launched and, and it has launched. So what Sentient is, is it, Sentient is Amplified Business Intelligence. And what that means to us is Sentient is a platform that is aimed at connecting a partner uh, into every single aspect and detail of their business. We we have uh, access to a ton of real-time data feeds being the sourcing partner, distribution partner that we are. And what Sentient aims to do is take all of those data feeds that we have access to, correlate them together, pump it into a really cool, slick, single pane of glass dashboard and a bunch of other um tools that we make available to the partners and um, yeah, bring it right to them, bring it to their fingertips so they can deep dive into their own business, find out exactly what's going on um, at any given moment, any location, and be able to take that data, data, harness the power of it and make business decisions. And hopefully the goal is here to allow all of our partners to be more successful and drive more revenue. So Amplified business intelligence to us just means a deep dive into every aspect of a partner's business. We've made that platform for them to have access to it. So very exciting for us and um, just launched and the feedback has been amazing so far. So Ted, give us some perspective here uh, going back over the years. You know, we had talked uh, a few months ago that the tools like this weren't necessarily uh, Planet One's core thing, but it seems like you guys have really uh, taken your time, uh, rolled this thing out, and and now it looks like a potentially big success. Well, that core thing that wasn't is. So uh, you you can thank the, uh, the Jake staying true to his heritage uh, as a millennial here and wanting to automate the world and I'd say he's done one hell of a job with Sentient in automating. Uh, what I perceive, frankly, to be the biggest challenge we've had in the channel, dating to its inception of the channel. And, and I guess I can speak you know, from personal experience since I'm entering uh, January year 30. I think the biggest breakdown and challenge in our industry, in the entire industry, for all partners and everyone listening today, if I had to pick one thing that was our biggest obstacle, it is communication. And that is between the customer, the agent, the sourcing partner, and ultimately the provider. And the lack of communication and amount of time and effort and resources that the channel spends, even today as we sit here on this podcast, is the breakdown and lack of communication and misinformation overwhelms. Sentient solves that and and tackles it head on. And we now have a single platform, as Jake so nicely described, that really has built a bridge between the entire ecosystem from the customer to the agent to the sourcing partner 
to the ultimate provider. Just simple things and day-to-day activities such as wanting status of an account or, or, you know, has it fallen into a black hole? Partners want to be empowered with real-time information, so they are the professional that they purported themselves to be when they won the business and got their customer to sign. But I can't tell you, and I, everybody out there you know, will relate to this because we're all partners in this together. The breakdown and lack of and misinformation in the channel has overwhelmed. You know, Everybody used to kid back in the day, hey, who do you do business with? Everybody, providers used to say, hey, do business with us, we suck less. That, and that's not, that's hardly a go-to-market motion or anything to be proud of. Sentient literally connects the entire ecosystem on one platform. So as it's updated, we're all looking at the same information in real time. It's super empowering. The providers, have, as you've seen in some of the social media, I think they're as excited about it as the partners. And that's something we maybe didn't consider in development. Uh, it was really focused uh, almost exclusively towards the partners. But in the process, we had to make the uh, providers a part of the, this as well to really close the gaps in, in all areas. And we've done that with Sentient. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, it's it's intriguing to hear you talk about this this history of a channel that has trouble sharing data and having sort of tangible data to stand on and, and share with one another. Could you talk about maybe an example of a type of data that really could empower partners, you know, agents in their business? I'll take that one, James. And that, that's a great question. And, and quite frankly, one of the core things that was front of mind when we were actually developing Sentient. When a partner, and just for one, this is a, a partner that's been launched exclusively for Planet One partners. So when a Planet One partner dives into Sentient and they get in the platform and, and um, they see their dashboard and start going through all the data that's available to them, we've taken the entire life cycle of one of their customer engagements and brought that to them in a single pane of glass. So more specifically, there's three areas that are important to a partner. The first one is pipeline. So you bring up a deal, we start talking about it together, we engage our, our technical architects internally, maybe it's a contact center as a service deal, we engage our CCAS technical architect, and we engage that customer and start going through the sales process. Then we win that account. When a Planet One's differentiators in market is that every single partner gets a dedicated project manager. So we win that account and our project manager picks that up and they manage that project and all the way through contract signature through to activation. And when they activate that, that automatically goes to our commissions team with accurate details as, as to when our commissions team should start auditing for comp. So if you think about the life cycle of a partner engagement with one of their customers, We've brought this all together in all the data feeds. We've connected them into one platform so a partner can see every single detail about the customer engagement through with whether it's from them, whether it's from Planet One, whether it's from the provider, um, whether it's from the customer. We've, we've brought that into one platform and allowed them to, to log into that, see it in real time, and uh, yeah, have it available to them anywhere. So that is what we've done as to empowering our partners to gain visibility to every part of their life cycle. Now, uh, James, something that I want to hit on it and where we take that a step further with Sentient is once we have, think about the data that we have through that engagement that I just mentioned. We have a ton of data. And with that, what we've actually done through one of our tools that we've launched called account-based intelligence 
is we take that customer info and Planet One actually takes, we take that, we invest back in our partners essentially, and we take that data and we enrich it. And we find out through account-based intelligence, one of our tools, exactly where that customer has spend in IT. That could be cloud, their cloud services, that could be their primary data centers, any of their software apps. So we've taken that engagement through that life cycle and we've enriched it through a couple big data tools that we use behind the scenes. And then we also bring that into the partner and, and bring that into visibility for them. So the goal here is that if a partner is, has chosen to work with Planet One, we're gonna give you insight and analytics into every single aspect of your data. And we're actually gonna give you one, you know, go one step further and tell you, okay, you're, you're selling CCAS with that customer right now. Did you know they spend $500,000 a month with AWS? Maybe you should go start asking some questions around that because your CCAS deal is 100 grand a month, but they have 500 grand a month of AWS spend or GCP, GCP spend or any other uh, spend out there. Go start asking questions and, and go figure out how to go get more revenue in that um, specific engagement. So we've taken the real-time data, we've brought it to their fingertips, we've enriched it, and we've given them opportunities to go cross-sell and upsell in their own customer base. So um, James, to your question, that was one of the, the key missions of Sentient. How do we provide this amplified experience to our partners and how do we go help them find more success and drive more revenue in their own businesses? How do we make the partners that are you know, current partners with Planet One even more successful? And that's just one example of how we've done that. Well, very well done, guys. Uh, obviously a huge advantage to your partners there. So uh, again, well done. I just got to ask the the name Sentient, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, who, who gets the credit for that one? <laughs> well, that would be Mr. Werpy, our uh, resident uh, brainiac. He, uh -huh. uh, he he just threw it out there like uh, no big deal. Hey, we were having a, Jake and I and Werpy, the three of us were on a call and we're kicking around names. Originally, we we're going after Jarvis. Uh, so think Tony Stark and Iron Man. And we <laughs> thought, boy, there's no cooler computer than that or like minority report stuff, right? So we were like trying to go that direction. And Werby just shot it all down because we looked at Jarvis and there's a lot of lawsuits for guys that were uh, uh, thinking like us to grab that name. So that was when that was off the table, Werp threw it out. We loved it from the minute we heard it. We looked at Webster's definition and it could not be more appropriate for the platform. And I think it's important to note, everything Jake is talking about on the data feeds, you gotta have the data to make it valuable and consumable and usable. You know, there's a lot of, uh, of our peers out there that don't necessarily have the same go-to-market motion. We've always leaned really hard on the human capital side of it. And, you know, I had Jake come in and going, hey, you know, we gotta automate, we, you know, and, and he was right. And, we just didn't know how we knew it was going to be a big lift. We, we didn't know it was going to be Herculean in size. And it could only be done by some, you know, buddy like a Planet One or one of our peers. It would not work if it were from a provider. It had to come and be born in the channel. And I can only offer this as a, as a theory. The reason nobody's done it till now is because of that Herculean size lift. In order to do this, and Jake is going to appreciate this more than anybody on this call, the amount of time, energy, resources, when we really started looking back at those data points that needed to be in the system to literally cure the communication gaps and the data gaps in our ecosystem, in the entire channel, I'm just not talking about Planet One, is enormous and it had to be done from an agnostic standpoint. 
Sentient now addresses this for all of our providers, all of our partners. We are all now looking at the same information. It's it's really exciting. There's partners out there going, you know, do I add more to SGNA? Is it time I hire a project manager? Do I need somebody in pricing? You know, I could really use somebody in marketing. You know, I, I would caution you, uh, take Sentient for a test drive. You may not need that person any longer. I'm not saying it's going to be a cure-all for headcount because there's no substitute for a fabulous employee, but it might shore up some gaps in a lot of partners who are listening today who will really appreciate the empowerment of what Sentient will do for their business and their customers. Yeah, so uh, let's dig into that a little more, sort of uh, looking at this from an industry-wide uh, scope. Obviously, you guys had a, had a big investment into this. Uh, we're seeing a lot of your competitors out there. Uh, their investment is in uh, M&A activity, and you guys have really dug into this side of the business. What can we expect more from you guys going forward? Are we going to see more things like this expanding uh, what Sentient does? Are you guys going to be uh, more into the M&A at some point, or where, where do you stand right now? So as far Craig, as far as the the platform goes, it, it's a, a valid question. It's something that we do want everyone to know where we stand on this. And, and we have made a substantial investment into Sentient or version one. And we, we've made that investment because we're, we're investing back in our partners. And we know that if we if we provide a tool that's useful to them, that is going to once again help everyone grow in their own businesses. So version one and what we've done is we've built the platform. And we've built what we believe to be uh, an industry-first platform in many ways. Now, version two, three, and four are slated. And we believe that the splash from each one of those versions that are to come and each one of those enhancements that are going to bolt on top of Sentient are going to be just as big, if not bigger, than the original launch. Just to give you a, a quick sneak peek, partners can expect future or, or further automation, further API connectivity, and and uh, tapping into different data feeds outside of, of the Planet One world, into vendors, into you know different intelligence feeds, you name it. Expect further uh, and future automation and connectivity and sentient. The next thing that I would tell you that um, is very exciting for us is we've developed sentient as a proprietary platform, and we've developed a lot of proprietary tools mm -hmm to enhance partners' businesses. And those are internal to Sentient right now. What uh, we can expect ongoing is, well, are essentially those tools that are now gonna be public facing and our partners are gonna be able to, able to leverage those tools in their own business and uh, use it as an asset in their own business. So we plan to launch version two, three, four as big hits that are coming down the pipeline fast and um, we're, we're very excited about that. The, the one message, Craig, is that we've made a large investment. We're going to continue to make that large investment into Sentient and our partner community. Dang, we haven't even gotten into version 2.0 of this podcast yet. We've been doing it almost five <laughs> years. You guys are on top of things. So in terms of investment in M&A and some of the things that uh, uh, your competitors are doing, what say you to that? I'm not for sale. That's what I say. I am not actively looking. I don't take the calls. I don't respond to emails. They call Scottsdale as much as they call Chicago and San Francisco and, and some of the other places. I, listen, I, I'm happy for my peers. If that's the business plan uh, and, and the direction they want to take their business, that's absolutely fine. There's some inherent risk for the partners. You know, clearly, the principals of those businesses are the sole beneficiaries, as they should be. 
as the risk takers in putting the business together and going to market. I think it's also at the same time enormously flattering to a channel that's all but 30, 35 years old that the financial markets have uh, paratroopered in and showed extreme interest and and more are getting in. I think it'll continue to pick up with capital gains uh, being a goalpost that looks like may move in uh, 2022 based on all indications that I hear. There's probably going to be a flurry of activity and transactions between now and the end of the year. Take advantage of the more favorable current capital gain percentages. Uh, we just won't be one of those companies. Uh, so, we, you know, I made a decision in November 19, and this call is really born from that meeting that took place in our Orange County office. And that was either prepare the business and package it up and, and put it out to market and go get the best multiple or take the the free cash flow that we've worked so hard and earned with uh, the support of our partners and providers and reinvest in the business and really take Planet One to another level and 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 stay that independent sole voice. You know, I think some of the benefits that staying that sole independent voice as opposed to selling some or all the company is we're unencumbered in our business making decisions. Sentient is a good example of that. Had we had to go through the heavy lift of involving people that from PEs that maybe aren't good operators that frankly don't know the business. No PE is never going to ever going to know the business like any of the my peers know it like we do. We're free from those uh, having another voice of influencer at the table to tr help steer or to reject uh, the direction we're taking the business. We are unencumbered as a leadership team. We're in sync on it. We made huge investments in people and technology over the last uh, almost two years. Sentient has been a big part of that investment, but we also doubled the size of our headcount during COVID. And when most people retreated and flinched, we doubled down on our strengths and it's paying huge dividends. So no, I'm, I'm not for sale. I'm not interested in having those discussions. Uh, we're, we're in a very good place right now. And Sentient is not only going to change the way partners do business with Planet One, I would go as far as to say it is a industry first. It's going to be disruptive in the channel. And uh, Planet One partners today, this week, became far more equipped and competitive with leading edge technology and resources and information that's never been available to the channel before unless you're a Planet One partner using the Sentient platform. And I know that's self-serving to say that as the owner of the business, but we understand just how many problems this solved for the people in the field that work so hard to win business on a daily basis. So we're excited. Uh, that's not to say some guy in a drink, Brinks truck backs up and says, take everything you need, Ted. Uh, <laughs> you know, but that would apply to every business owner in America. But we're not entertaining offers. I'm not interested. And in, in our head down is laserly focused on continued investments, supporting our partners, and, and taking our 93% uh, approval rating from our partners in pursuit of the perfect score of 100, because that's what we're chasing. Awesome. Well, that is a, a very bright picture of the future, and, and it's uh, exciting to hear that from you, Ted and, and Jake. And uh, really appreciate both of you. Um, coming aboard and and talking a little bit, not just about uh, sentient, but uh, about the trends that uh, we're all facing in the channel and and working to overcome some of those challenges. Our pleasure. Well, thank you for inviting us. I, it, it seems to be that being a, a dripping uh, a little tease announcements along the way, it, <laughs> it, it worked. Here we are. There you go. Your your message came through loud and clear. Thanks so much, right. guys. We appreciate it.
You got it. Guys, thank you very much. Appreciate your time. Well, Craig, I enjoyed hearing about some of the drivers for Sentient uh, from Ted and, and Jake. And to hear that this is something that's been in the works for two years, taking all this investment, it does say a lot about some of the demands that yeah. partners have and, and the needs that they have. Yeah, absolutely. You had some good questions for them. Uh, I thought I had the best question, though, about uh, who actually came up with Sentient. Well played, Craig. Well played. <laughs> All right, so uh, what's this game you were teasing me with uh, earlier before uh, we got into the meat of the podcast? Well, Craig, I'm, I'm, again, glad you asked. It came from thinking about how good our November show is going to be. And obviously, it can't get any better than it's going to be, than it already is. But if we were to kind of pursue that statement to its fullest logic, in reality, it probably could be better but only in the most improbable set of circumstances. So, Craig, only could it be better if you and I put together our heads to picture the most fantastical, unimaginable conference ever. And we are going to do that, Craig, using Mad Libs. We're going to do a Mad Lib conference preview. Does that make sense to you? Oh, boy, it does. I I enjoyed it when we did this uh, Mad Libs the last time that we did it. So I, I have a feeling that we're warmed up now. This is going to be even better than it was last time. It's going to be terrific, Craig. I'm going to ask you to give me this word, give me that word, give me this name, this verb, that noun. You're going to give it to me. I'm going to fill out my thing out of order, and then I'm going to read it back to you, and it's going to be this big old abstract for the Channel Partners Conference, and it's going to be kind of funny, ideally. So I'm excited, Craig. I hope you are, too. I'm wondering if I can get a sound effect for this. Your wish is my command. It's time for Channel Madlips. Okay, Craig. I would like you to give me the name of an alcoholic beverage or a drink that you like to drink. I'm an IPA guy. IPA. Terrific. Craig, could I get a business verb, a a verb that you might use in the business world? Motivate. Motivate. That's terrific. Can I get a scientific term? Beaker. The beaker. Okay. All right. Could I get a type of wildlife, please? Could be an animal, could be a plant. Got to be a jackal. Terrific. (laughs) Um, Could I get another animal? How about an albatross? Albatross. Perfect. Okay. Could I get the name of a uh, job title that someone in the channel might have? Trusted advisor? Or is that not, uh, is that too general? No, that's fine. That'll work. Uh, Could I get a number, Craig? 8,342. That's terrific. Um, Could I get another business adjective, an adjective that we might use in the business world? Synergistic. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, (laughs) Could I get a a technology term? Just anything. How about uh, collaboration? Could I get an object that you would use to contain something? I could say beaker again. Okay, (laughs) this will probably be a larger, larger than a beaker. A larger container, grain silo. Perfect. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Could I get a small object, Craig? Phone charger. Perfect. Could I get another word for communicating or talking? Another word for that. Articulating. Could I get a business term that you would use in the plural, such as synergies? Uh, Acquisitions? Yes. Does that work? That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Could I get a hobby or activity? Bird watching. 
Could I get a noun that would be used in the business world? We're talking about a plural business noun. Could be person, could be a thing, could be could be kind of pretty 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 broad. Stocks. Yes, yes. Yes. Okay. Could I get a positive adjective? Overjoyed. Could I get another positive adjective? Thrilling. Could I get someone from the Channel Futures team? <laughs> uh, that would be you, Mr. James Anderson. Hi. Uh, could I get the name of a well-known person in the channel? That's a good sport. Oh, yeah, they'd have to be a good sport for this one because uh, I have a feeling that this is going to go somewhere. Well, we just had him on the show uh, a bit ago. How about Ted Schumann? I like that. Uh, he'll, he'll be a fan. Could I get a synonym for a partner? Reseller, is that good enough? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, and could I get a business term? All these business terms. Sorry. This is the one, even though it should. Or how be. about either business or technology? Either will work for me. Technology term. Servers. That's terrific. Could I get a a noun of something that's not living? Just an inorganic noun. Coffee mug. Okay. Could I get a verb? Any verb. Typically one that's done to an object. Uh, moved or move. All right. Could I get another verb? Frolic. Frolic. Yeah. Um, is it okay if I put frolic with? Yes. And then can I get a an, an adverb? Maliciously. <laughs> Our marketing uh, department's gonna gonna have a lot to to use from this. Um, and lastly, <laughs> Craig, I want a small object. A pickaxe. Is that small enough? Okay, Craig. I think we're that we're uh, I think that we're ready here. Okay. Oh, I'm excited. I, I'm ready to hear this. Let, let's ready, do this. Ready for me to read the preview of the Channel Partners Conference and Expo? Here we go. Come one, come all to the Channel Partners Conference and Expo. We've put our brains together to give you a maliciously overjoyed time in <laughs> Vegas. Are you looking for education? Attend thrilling education sessions that will teach you how to motivate stocks. Watch a compelling keynote from James Anderson about the beaker of bird watching. Are you looking for networking? Treat yourself to an IPA on the rocks while articulating with the world's top partners and vendors. Go from expo booth to expo booth in order to enroll yourself in a free drawing for a human-sized phone charger. And I hear... Collaboration Acquisitions is going to have a jackal grain silo at its booth. A jackal grain silo. <laughs> Craig, are you looking for entertainment? We've got you covered. Watch Ted Schumann move an albatross out of a coffee mug. <laughs> Ever seen a trusted advisor frolic with a pickaxe from 8,342 feet in the air? Well, you're gonna. Oh, Oh, you say you're a synergistic server reseller and you don't think we'll have anything for you? Well, think again. We have a certified synergistic server reseller expert on hand to talk about the synergistic server reseller ecosystem. It's all here at the Channel Partners Conference and Expo in classy Las Vegas. <laughs> was that it? You about done yourself again. Oh, I hope it was compelling, Craig. Would you want to go to that show? I, I would. I mean, just the 8,300 or however high that was, I already forget uh, seeing that action up uh, up in the sky. That could be that could be something else. Yeah. And to see Ted Schumann pull an albatross out of a mug, I, no, I, you know, they say seeing I, is believing, you know, I can't wait to see that. Yeah. Oh, was this? Wait, this was real, right? It could be. It could be. <laughs> Ted, Ted's been known to pull some hijinks. So you never yeah. know. 
I think we're going to be uh, we're going to be hearing from marketing on this one for sure. Uh, they might have some uh, some things they want to say about this. <laughs> yeah, them are legal. We'll see. <laughs> All right, good work, my friend. Uh, okay, so with those shenanigans out of the way, let's go ahead and invite our next guest to the auditorial stage. And uh, let me take an opportunity to talk to you about this next guest. How's that sound, James? Let's do it. I'd love to hear more. All right, so we're going to be hearing from Mobilaji Sukumbi. He is with Dell Expert Network. These guys work very closely with MSPs. Of course, with Dell, the traditional Dell, you're thinking, well, that's a VAR play, right? Well, Dell Expert Network works with MSPs and their SMB customers in particular. Uh, and uh, we're going to hear all about their business. Also, a reason that Mobilaji is going to be on the show is because Dell Expert Network is an official sponsor of our diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts here at Channel Futures, uh, sponsoring our webpage there. So uh, we're, we're eager to hear about the strides that Dell is making in this area as well. So are you excited? Are you ready for this, James? Oh, I am excited. Mobilaji rocks. All right, James, we're really happy to welcome into the coffee house, Mobilaji Sukumbi. He is the director of Small Business Alternative Routes to Market uh, with Dell Small Business. Mobilaji, how are you? I'm real, Craig. How are you guys? Doing fantastic. Excited to talk a little bit about Dell Expert Network today. Uh, it sort of first made a big splash in the channel uh, a couple of years ago at one of our last events uh, before the pandemic hit. So it'd be good, I think, to give our audience a little bit of a refresher on how Dell Expert Network came to be and, and how you serve the channel. So, you know, there's, a, there's, a, there's an African proverb that says a wise man plans for tomorrow, but a fool plans for today, you know? Uh, uh, Dell chose Dell Technologies chose to be to be a wise man by by actually listening to our customers by listening to our queue like our internal sales team. That's that's how that's how Dell Expert Network uh, actually came into being. Craig, uh, the program was launched in December 2018, and it was launched as a result of frequent feedback we received from our sales queue in conjunction with the evolving landscape of hardware resellers uh, transitioning over to service providers. So strictly, it's a support and benefits program for the MSP. And, you know, we got feedback from the MSPs in terms of, you know, what their pain points were, where they wanted to tackle. We're also getting, like, you know, feedback, you know, from the end users, the small businesses that we talk to every single day, uh, who shared with us that, hey, you know what, we're relying on MSPs, you know, for a way forward here, for direction, you know, when it comes to our tech purchases or recommendations. And so it made sense, again, uh, uh, for Dell, uh, you know, as I said, you know, as the wise man um, to to listen, to say, OK, you know what? We need to cater to this market. We need to cater to this audience. And again, like I said earlier, the, the, the landscape was changing where you're having more and more hardware resellers transition to becoming service providers. When you look at the program, uh, when we launched it, Craig, you know, there were five key benefits based on the feedback, right, that, that we decided to incorporate in the program, like value props. So one is the dedicated, having a dedicated account manager. Uh, what that means is that, you know, with our program, we have a single point of contact to support MSPs across the states. That's that same point of contact where that MSP can talk to whenever they need any technology for their users, if they have any questions, if they want to find out about upcoming product launches. We have a single point of contact for Dell for, for, MSP, for an MSP. The second one is the training and education, uh, whether that's training about maybe new technology trends or maybe if there's like some kind of new gadgets we have coming out that we know can cater to the needs of an MSP and the end user, having a training and discussion and even providing the education you know, about that was, was, was imperative. The MSP space, right, the, the, the IT consultant space, the industry is highly competitive. 
And so one of the key uh, uh, avenues or ways that MSPs lean on to differentiate themselves is access to thought leadership content. So making sure that we can provide that information and content to them was very relevant. And it was important for us to, to provide that as a value prop. The third one is providing financing for MSP services. Prior to the pandemic, um, it was important that, you know, uh, whenever MSPs were looking for the right solutions for their end users, that, you know, they have like the funds and the availability of funds to get it done. So having our Dell financial services team actually work with MSPs to make sure we can provide like the right financing terms, whether they look, they're looking at leasing or, or financing was important. The fourth one is providing time-saving tools. MSPs are crazy busy, as you know, Craig, right? So being able to provide access to tools like TechDirect, which allows MSPs to sell lock support tickets and self-dispatch replacement parts is important. Providing access to tools like Live Optics, a tool that lets MSPs collect, visualize, and share data about IT environments and workloads was imperative. And then finally, our rewards program. Through our program, uh, the Dell Network program that we have in place for MSPs, MSPs can actually earn three to 6% back on everything that their customers buy from Dell. So that's a little bit of a brief history of the program. We started in December 2018, and those are the five uh, advantages or benefits, rather, to, to, to the MSPs that we do provide. Thanks for sharing that, Mobilaji. Uh, you had mentioned some of the financial changes that went into supporting MSPs during the pandemic. Do you want to talk about a little bit more of the challenges that they've faced in the last year and a half and, and how you've seen them overcome those challenges? It's, it's kind of interesting that you ask that question, right? Because at the, uh, James, at the onset of the pandemic, uh, or rather right before, you know, the, uh, the pandemic became big news and we're like, okay, you know what, this is a pandemic. The last event I went to was actually an MSP event in Dallas, Texas with my team. And, you know, had great conversations with MSPs. We were looking forward to like, you know, all the things we had in, in, in place, you know, for 2020 and the pandemic struck. And I remember having conversations, you know, with MSPs in March, 2020, um, uh, April, June, you know, the early months. And what you got uh, from, from MSPs just chatting with them, James, is that they were just overwhelmed by the number of requests from end users to move the operations remote. A lot of end users were not prepared for this, right? They've always like, you know, had to go into their business and get things done. And when you look at like, you know, those end users in the restaurant space, right, in, 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 in critical spaces, right, um, they often have to go in, you know, and work on their PCs or their technology in the office, in the restaurant. And so when we talked to MSPs, they talked about, you know, they were getting a ton of requests around, hey, how can, we, how, how can I go remote because I need to keep my business afloat. Because, you know, before COVID, a lot of SBs didn't have the infrastructure to support their workforce going 100% remote. They didn't have it. But, you know, as the saying goes, you know, I um, mean, what you guys will find out about me is that I love, I love proverbs. There's a saying that, you know, a bird doesn't change its feathers because the weather is bad, right? And so it was important for us to say, you know what, uh, of course, this is a terrible situation, right? What we needed to do was to say, hey, this situation would not remain as it is. It, it, it won't be permanent, right? We just can't shift or change our focus in terms of what we have in place for the MSPs and end users. So what we did was that we increased, you know, our level of conversations with MSPs, right? We started having more virtual webinars. We started having conversations with them, roundtable discussions to say, how can we help you, right? We increased our uh, our presence, you know, internal presence from a queue standpoint to take more calls, to 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 make more calls to MSPs, right? To put programs in place to say, how can we how can we help you? How can we assist you? And for us, uh, frankly, uh, uh, James and Craig, it's been a privilege, right, to enable our tech advisors, and we have six hundred tech advisors in our program to work with MSPs in, uh, across the states. Most of them are based in Nashville, Tennessee, and in Rural, Texas, but they're across the states now because, of course, we're all working remote. But we have at least 600 of them 
that can work with MSPs, right? I have, have worked with MSPs to cater to these needs, to listen to what the pain points are, to figure out the right solutions, to get on a webinar and do a quick product demo, to talk about cybersecurity. So those are things that, you know, to your question, James, that, you know, we heard back from MSPs and those avenues will try to cater, you know, to this pain point to make sure that MSPs can continue to do what they do best. I love the Proverbs, uh, Mobilaji. We could probably do an entire podcast on just that. Let's <laughs> do it sometime, right? Yeah, yeah. That'd be great. Our old buddy, uh, Kevin Morris, uh, you know, he used to do the podcast, who I, I think you know from uh, his his old days on our sales team. He, he's a big fan of quotations. So you guys yes. uh, you guys should get together and, and talk about some of those for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. What, uh, well let's, let's look into your crystal ball a little bit and uh, take us into the next year. Maybe talk about some of the opportunities uh, you see for MSPs. Uh, and their customers with Dell Expert Network, particularly uh, SMB customers, maybe over the next uh, year or so? Yes, I, I think that, you know, um, there are quite a number of opportunities, but I, I do believe that, you know, uh, two really stand out. Just looking at the the nature of the conversations we've had over the past, I would say, what, nearly 18 months now. You know, now that customers are set up remotely, now that a lot of small business owners and users are set up remotely, I do believe that the biggest opportunities that our MSPs have in front of them, uh, there, there are two of them. I think one of them is, the first one is deploying the right infrastructure, right? That's huge. And then, you know, the second one is around cybersecurity. When it comes to deploying the right infrastructure, you know, we're trying to make sure that we're able to help MSPs make the most efficient, cost-effective decision in regards to their customers' IT infrastructure. And, you know, when making these this decisions, right, Craig, it is important to consider the long-term cost of ownership. So finding the right balance and value between capex and opex right business continuity is important so keeping the end users applications running even in moments of power or internet interruptions i mean we had uh, a situation here in texas where we had the, the ice storm and you know the, the whole the whole state lost its mind right so you can imagine what small business owners were going through during that period and then data protection right that that's also important and let's not forget like i mentioned earlier you know we're helping msps you know um, have the tools and knowledge, you know, for recommending to the end users the most efficient uh, hybrid, you know, cloud and, and, and edge infrastructures to maximize their business potential. That is so, so crucial. Um, because as I mentioned earlier, you know, the, 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 the folks we're talking to in this space, right, the IT consultants, right, they're service providers, right? They're not hardware resellers. We have a different program at Dell Technologies for hardware resellers. That's our partner channel. But when you look at the Dell Expert Network with our focus on MSPs, this key, these things are important. And as I mentioned earlier, the second one is around making sure that, you know, MSPs have their customers protected, you know, with the right cybersecurity solutions. We often hear, like, you know, data points and stats around cybersecurity, and but here are a couple to think about, you know, because, you know, as you mentioned earlier, Craig, we're talking about, you know, end users here, small business owners. 43% of cyber attacks target small business owners. 43%. 47% of small businesses say they have no understanding of how to protect themselves against cyber attacks. 60% our small businesses have uh, made it clear that, you know, that are victims of cyber attacks will go out of business in six months, 60% of them. And one of the, the top three topics that, that we shared via webinar uh, over the past 18 months, and we did a ton of them. In fact, the past 18 months, Craig and James, we did more webinars for DEN and uh, other partners uh, over the past 18 months that we did in the previous three years. But one of the key topics of those webinars was around cybersecurity cybersecurity because people were getting hacked they never thought about it it's almost like insurance you know you never really need it until something happens right and so those are the two key areas i believe looking ahead that msps can truly help out the end users deploying the right infrastructure 
and providing the right information and solution around cybersecurity. Really appreciate those insights, Mobilaji. Um, I'd like to move this now to the topic of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Dell Expert Network is an official sponsor of those efforts here at Channel Futures. Um, I'd like to kind of talk about why that is a topic of interest for Dell and and the, the Dell Expert Network. If you could talk a little bit about the culture of diversity at Dell. Great question, James. The DE and I, it's 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 a topic of interest um, at Dell Technologies simply because there are so many uh, data points out there, statistics around having a health around the importance of having a healthy DE and I um, our culture. Right? You know, for Dell Technologies, diversity, equity, and inclusion is not about being cool or trendy. Stats and research out there has makes it very clear that you know having a healthy culture of DE and I. Um, helps with the higher pro- uh, prospects of innovation. It helps in increasing uh, increasing employee satisfaction. It increases creativity. It improves cultural awareness, right? And so that's why this is so important for Dell. And I'm so glad because last year during the Dell Technology Summit, uh, I think November last year, our CEO Michael Dell, um, you know, and some of our leadership team, they, they, they emphasized our our 2030 moonshot goals. And some of those goals are that you know by 2030. Dell Technologies is going to work towards having 50% of our global workforce be women, right? By 2030, Dell Technologies will work towards 40% of our leadership, you know, true at Dell, globally be women. Another one is that, you know, by 2030, 25% of U.S. leaders in the Europe workforce at Dell Technologies will, will be African-American and Hispanics or Latino, right? So it's not so much about us, you know, uh, for us, it's not about being cool or being trendy or like, you know, um, tweeting something out and say, yes, we agree with this or we agree with that. We're showing it in terms of our goals, in terms of our recruitment practices, in terms of the conversation. I'm really glad that Channel Futures uh, stepped up, you know, to 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 talk about this, you know, to establish an advisory board around this. I've often heard, and I think it's important I would clarify this. I've often heard that, you know, um, you know, we need to focus this conversation a little on diversity, or you know, each part, you know, is is interchangeable, and that's not the case. Diversity really is about appreciating and identifying our individual differences. Equity points to, you know, being even-handed or fair in an organization. And inclusion really pinpoints the whole notion of ensuring that the historically marginalized feel they belong. So they're three separate things. They're three essential topics. They're all important. And again, you know, um, I'm so glad that China Futures, like, you know, decided to, like, you know, make this like a focal point of some of the information they're putting out there. And uh, I'm glad that, you know, I work for a company like Dell Technologies where this is important to our leadership team all the way down, you know, to... Uh, someone that works like in a sales queue to maybe somebody that works like our, our production line. So those are the reasons why DE&I is important to Dell Technologies. Absolutely. Very well said. Uh, we appreciate your sponsorship of our efforts and uh, absolutely will be a conversation that we continue to uh, have going forward. Uh, Mobilaji, thanks for your time today. Great to learn uh, more about what's happening at Dell Expert Network. And uh, we'll look forward to talking with you again soon. Awesome. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, James. Yeah, I really appreciate you, Mobilaji. Well, Craig, that was an enjoyable conversation. Um, it's interesting to see some of these trends that are occurring that impact both the VARs and the MSPs, and it's it's interesting to see the convergence there. No doubt, no doubt. We're seeing that uh, both among VARs uh, and MSPs as well as the MSP side and the traditional telecom agents. It's all about this channel convergence that we've been talking about uh, for some time now, James, and it just every day it seems to be a little more and a little more. Yep, you know, it's meeting customer demand and, and customers looking for a, a single source provider of solutions. And um, I think that is what's driving 
all of this and you're and you're seeing more than just organic convergence you're seeing so much of the M&A that we are seeing it's it's around partners picking up new business models you talk about M&A you love M&A I do too but I got to be honest I'm a bigger fan of M&Ms oh how do you feel about peanut M&Ms uh, I'm okay with those. I, I like the traditional. The caramel's pretty good, but uh, I'm a traditional M&M's guy. Melt in your mouth, not in your hand. I, I like them in the fridge, in the freezer. I, I like them cold. And now oh, I've talked way too much about M&M's. That's a good, that is a, I like that idea, frozen M&M's. Uh, the doctor yeah. banned me from chocolate lately because of my acid reflux, but um, just the thought of it is 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 getting me through the day. <laughs> there you go, there you go. All right, James. So one more serious note before we move on from this conversation, not only about M&Ms, but Hompologi uh, and Dell Expert Network, is that we spent uh, some time there talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion. We here at Channel Futures recently held a workshop on DE&I. It was called Step In and Step Up. It featured some all-stars in the DE&I community uh, talking about everything from mentorship and giving back to allyship and why DEI is a leadership imperative. Uh, if you missed it live, no problem. It's available on demand. And I'll leave a link to that on the landing page of this podcast. All right, leaving you with another hit from 2004. Why, James? Because this is the 104th episode of the podcast, and they both end in four. How, how old were you then? You're, you're getting you're getting up there now once we get into 2004. Yeah, I turned 10 that year. I think I probably watched my first PG movie. You know, heck of a year for me. I think I, uh, yeah, I think I was in fifth or sixth grade. Oh, there you go. There you go. All right. If you'd like to check out the archive of Coffee with Craig and James, you can uh, check us out just about anywhere you get your podcast. Of course, we'd love to have you investigate us on the flagship channelfutures.com. Thanks so much for joining us. We're going to catch you again real soon. On the flippy flip my friends. Thank you.